Welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast, a podcast designed for brand new sales development reps in the world of software as a service. Every Tuesday, we're going to be bringing you a new guest who's still in the role to share how or why they've gone into sales development, what have they learned in their SDR career and journey to date, and what three pieces of information would they like to share back to new and existing reps to help them become happy sellers. Every show is transcribed, recorded with links from the guests, which are available at happyselling.io forward slash podcast. I'm going to be your host, Neil Buyan, and I look forward to taking you into the world of sales development through the SDR Disco Call podcast. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and today's guest is Olivia Dorval, who is from Confluent. Me and Olivia had connected through LinkedIn, as I noted she'd won a recent SDR award. But Olivia, how are you doing? And welcome to the show. Hi, Neil. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. Approaching Christmas. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> Thanks and, for uh, having me. Thank you very much for joining. And for the listeners that can see you and for the listeners that can only hear you, uh, could you please tell us who are you currently, where are you and what do you do, Olivia? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm Olivia. I'm originally from France. I moved to the UK about seven years ago. I did my studies in the University of Bath and I started my career as an SDR about two years ago, uh, working in uh software companies, but focusing on the retail side, point of sale finance, then moved into Confluent, which is uh, essentially a company selling uh, software and even streaming platform that's based on Apache Kafka. So I'm not going to go into the the details of that because it's a very technical product, but essentially it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, it's all about data infrastructure and allowing companies to leverage data in real time and, and make the most of their data. Thank you very much for the introduction, Olivia. And just for the listeners out there, where are you based in the world today, Olivia? I'm based out of London, central London. In central London, in lovely Blighty. Thank you. Um, And obviously, uh, things that kind of stood out to me when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile is kind of what caught my attention was you won the one of the top UK SDRs from Self Confidence, uh, and you came in at number eight. So congratulations on that. How did you get involved uh, with that award, and kind of what was it all about? Actually, I didn't know about that award, and I was very surprised when uh, when I got it. Uh, I think it's uh, it's my managers that were more involved than I was, um, but it was a very nice surprise. Uh, to have. So certainly a great way of ending the SDR career since I'm moving to sales in in January. Mm, Well, if anything, hats off to the managers. And yeah, it's always nice to get some good news when you win an award and you didn't even know about it. But um, as you mentioned, there is some news uh, that we're going to let the listeners know shortly, which is some exciting news for you. Uh, But kind of like starting with your SDR story. So when I was looking at your LinkedIn Uh, I saw that you kind of started out in retail sales many years back. You've been through a journey through different other companies, kind of thinking about your career and then ended up at Confluent. Um, Olivia, what's the story like starting right from the beginning from like retail sales, university? How did you get to Confluent? 
Yeah, so uh, when I was at university, it's common in the UK to do a one-year placement where you work for one year in a company of your choice and you do what we call a, a placement year or an internship. Um, so I did my internship and I worked for a company called SimCorp, which is essentially software for um, investment banks. Um, and I was working as a field marketing associate. So everything... Um, if you know about field marketing, it was basically generating leads for sales. So if everything related to organizing events, organizing webinars, organizing campaigns, uh, leveraging all the CRMs and Salesforce to, to invite prospects to different uh, campaigns that we would run and, and then generate leads and push them to sell. So the beginning of the funnel. Mm. Um, and I really liked it. But basically what I realized when I was at SimCorp is that I could see my colleagues. We were sitting next to sales and I could see my colleagues that were going in client meetings, taking client calls. And I really missed on my side that client interaction. Um, I thought at uni that marketing would be very interactive and that you would have a lot of interactions with clients. But actually in B2B, you don't have that much. So when I finished my placement and I went back to uni for my final year, I realized that after uni, I really wanted to have uh, to work in a client-facing role. So that was my, my key priority. Then there's different client-facing roles out there, as you might know. So there's um, SDRs, there's sales, there's account management. Uh, so there's a lot of different options. I found that SDR, it's, it's difficult to get an account management position, for example, with no experience. So I found that SDR was a very good way of starting in a client fencing role. And then mm. you can, um, based on, on what you like and what you want to do, decide uh, what your path is and what you want to do if you want to do proper uh, new business sales or account management. Wow. And you've raised a really good point there because I think a lot of us come into uh, a sales development role because we naturally want to progress into sales. And I've had a lot of guests say the same. Um, but where you said that you can kind of start this role, see how the other departments work. You can see how customer success works. You can see how sales works as well. Um, and then see if it's a, a career path that you want to go on to. So if I get it right, you were doing marketing, but you found that you wanted to do something more client facing. You were thinking about the account management side, but then you saw that, okay, without the experience, if you go into the SDR role, that will kind of give you the experience that you need if you wanted to move that way. Is that right? Yeah, I knew that. I mean, SDR is a job that opens a lot of doors after its entry level. So I know SDRs that went into marketing, that went into, uh, I know some that want to go into sales engineering, that there's a lot of different options after. On my side, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after SDR, whether it was sales or account management or something else. So mm. I thought, you know, I, I'll, I'll see how it goes and I'll see what I want to do later. Perfect. Love it. And with, uh, obviously like within sales development, like you said, it's an entry position. And in my opinion, you're doing elements of marketing, you're doing elements of sales, you're, you're touching different parts, uh, into one role. How did it feel like going from that marketing sort of role into a, a sales focused role? Like what things did you notice were different, like being on the other side of the fence? Uh, yeah, there are some similarities, but it's very different. When you're in marketing, you stay in the marketing, um, in the marketing mood in a way where you're going to send emails out that are more visual and it's more general campaigns. Whereas in sales, uh, you are really trying to, I mean, as an SDR, you're really trying to sell a meeting and uh, to get an opportunity open. So it, it's it's just very different. Marketing has also a lot to do with just raising awareness on the product and raising awareness on uh, the value that we bring, um, especially when you sell open source technologies like we do at Confident. Um, 
but uh, but in sales the the movement is very different you're you're literally just trying to to get an opportunity out of uh, out of uh, the contacts that you're making got it love it and i think it's always good to kind of like you say have a bit of experience see how the two uh, different departments work but as you said they're all working towards the same goal one is trying to get the awareness and the other one's trying to take that interest and then move it into an actual sales exactly. opportunity um what techniques did you learn from marketing that you actually like incorporated into your sales development role uh i thought that i to be honest i would think that i learned most of the the tips on the sales job on the sales role um a few things maybe that i picked up in marketing is i was organizing events and to make sure everyone would attend i would call call everyone and try to make sure that they would uh, actually come to confirm the numbers um so like uh, get rid of the fear of the phone maybe a bit uh, (laughs) in that sense but otherwise i would say that uh i learned on the job uh starting the sdr role mostly <clears throat> and reading some books as well. So uh, when I transitioned uh, into the, cell, the, the SDR role, I read quite a few books before starting, so I had an idea of what to do. I love it. And are there any sort of uh, book recommendations that you would give? Say if somebody was thinking, okay, maybe this is a journey I want to go. What kind of like were key books for you, Olivia? Yeah, I mean, so behind me, I've got quite a few. There's all my, my, my sales books. But um, fanatical prospecting, predictable prospecting, um, that were ones that really uh, stood out to me when I started. Um, and new sales, like for, for people that are a bit more advanced and, and that uh, are a bit further in the road, uh, new sales simplified. I was recommended by, by a manager um, that I worked with and uh, also the challenger sale. And now I've been recommended um, how to control the sales process, something like that. Um, so, but, but practical prospecting and predictable prospecting would be my go-tos for just starting because it's just focusing on prospecting. I love it. And do you know what? You're, I think, like the fourth guest now that's been telling me about fanatical prospecting and I made an omission in the last show. I still haven't read it. <laughs> uh, it's not one that I've got to, but I have asked Santa to put it in my stocking this year because, again, if so many people are going on about it, there must be something good in it. But what were your key takeaways from this book, would you say, that kind of helped you? from fanatical prospects. I'm just curious to know. God, it was two years ago, but uh, <laughs> I think it's just, it, it just gives the basics, you know, on, uh, on, on what prospecting is. And basically it tells you that prospecting is key for any salesperson um, that you really need to prospect all the time. So basically if you want to become a salesperson, being an SDR is, um, is so, so important because it teaches you the most, one of the most important skills, like pipeline generation. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's like in some way, sometimes it's, a, it's a bit of an old school book because it's still like, uh, it's, it's focuses a lot on, on old school techniques, you know, like direct mails and cold calling and stuff, but it's the basics. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, I would say that it does a good job at teaching you the basics of prospecting, um, and that cold calling is a dead, that uh, all the types of things and gives you tips as well, quite practical tips on how to organize your time, uh, you know, blocks in the diary, all those types of things that are quite important when you start as an SDR. Definitely. And I think like um, we all learn differently. So like with me, I'm more a visual learner. I love to watch videos and listen to stuff. Some people do like to read books and you made a very valid point. And I think it's something that was brought up this year around like playbooks, especially SDR playbooks. And like you say, they can be a bit old school, they can be outdated, but there is still uh, valuable knowledge that you can still take, like you said, basics, techniques, 
And then I think it's good to kind of like adapt that to kind of what's working today. So if that's the type of emails or the cadences that you may be sending out, but time management is key. Like even today, as somebody that doesn't really do SDRing in as much as I used to, time blocks as to when I do stuff and cutting out hours in the day to learn and do other things is key. Otherwise I'd be all over the place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, kind of coming back to like the career journey side of it. So before you joined Confluent, what was the journey like just before there? I saw there was a few companies that you're working at and some experiences you had. Yeah, so I started to work for Divider, which is a company selling a software platform, point of sale finance. At the time when I joined, it was selling the platform to retailers. So I literally just joined. Um, my manager, James Buckley, is uh, awesome. So uh, we're still in touch now. It was amazing to work there. Mm-hmm. And I just like hit the ground up. Uh, I didn't really know. Like I just read a few books. I didn't have so much training. So I was just like, okay, off you go. Uh trying to build some Excel sheets of contacts I wanna, that I want to contact and just writing some messaging, adding people in sequences, doing some uh, vertical-based messaging. Like I just tried things out myself. Um, and uh, it was going very well. Uh, and then there was a change of strategy at the company. So that's part of the life of startups, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, it, they had two segments. They were selling both to banks and to uh, selling the platform to banks for them to integrate their platform onto retailers' website. And the other side was selling directly to retailers. They changed strategy and they decided to focus solely on bank on banks. Um, so I was on the retailers' part. So most of my team was unfortunately uh, made redundant. Oh. And uh, so I, I was offered to stay. I was given a role. Uh, so I stayed for another few weeks, but then it wasn't the role I originally wanted. Um, it wasn't part of, it wasn't a sales role. It was more of an operations role. Yeah. Um, so I stayed a few weeks and then I, uh, I decided to leave. And my manager, James, as well, decided to leave at the same time. And uh, he joined one of the dividers, the company's partner that was essentially reselling their platform. So it was the same job, uh. the same product. And he asked me if I wanted to come with him. And, um, and obviously I had just done the job for the job for, uh, four months. So there was still a lot that I didn't do and I was still learning. So I said, yeah, you know, um, he was also an awesome manager. So just like, okay, I'm just going to follow you and we're going to build this thing together. And, um, and yeah, and I worked there for about six, seven months, but I always had in my, in my head, I wanted to go into more complex, um, sales like longer sales cycle uh, mm. because it's quite a, it was quite a simple product so uh, some people really would like it it's it's a bit more fast paced in that uh, the velocity is quicker like to book meetings to close deals everything's faster but i know i was reading a lot of books that i met like i mentioned that were really teaching about the value uh, based selling on uh, but that was more applicable to um more complex sales cycle, more complex technologies involving a lot of stakeholders in companies that are a bit longer to manage. So I wanted to do that. And um, and uh, long story short, I was introduced to someone to by, uh, to Confluent, by someone to Confluent, and I did the, the process. And yeah, I landed a job um, last summer, so one year and a half ago. And it's been one year and a half. Started inbound because it's mm. an open source company. We have... Um, uh, we have a lot of inbound leads coming in. So my job was essentially to qualify and contact all the people that would download something on our website or, uh, you know, go to an event or something like that. Uh, contact everyone in a timely manner or recontact all leads and qualify them, trying to understand if there's an opportunity or not. Book a meeting for the salesperson. 
And last year in January, I moved to Outbound, which is working strategically with the sales team on a specific set of enterprise accounts for building pipeline generation. Well, that is a journey and a half. And again, hats off to James, if you're listening or watching this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was like your password to help you get through into the next place. But um, you said a really interesting piece there about, uh, obviously, there are some like SaaS platforms or products where it's a relatively quick sales cycle. It could be, I don't know, either from four weeks to like three months max. But what you were reading at the time was about complex enterprise sales. So where the value could be much higher in price, it could be a longer sales cycle. And from my understanding, with complex SaaS sales cycles, you may be talking to more than maybe three or four different decision makers. You may be touching different uh, business units within there, and your solution may be able to help so many different departments. So it's like you say, it's a more complex sell. But what was the driving force of wanting to move from a, a fast-paced product to a more complex? What was the interest there and why? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. It's like an internal drive, I think, that I really wanted to do that. Um, and also it was like the, the, the more you sell based, like the, the, high, the higher your, your, the price of your product, the more you have to sell based on value. And that's where you have the most interesting conversation. But that's just in my own opinion, obviously. Um, so I, I just really wanted to, to do that and, you know, be engaged with, um, uh, like high level stakeholders discussing their strategic initiatives, all those types of things that you can do and you can relate to when you sell a product based on value. Um, mm. And I felt like I wasn't really able to do that. Um, it's also the world of point of sale finance. That's just, it's very crowded in terms of the competitive landscape. And what you'll find is once it's, when it's very crowded, there's not so much among the different providers, there's not so much differentiation in terms of how you differentiate yourself from other competitors. So everything comes down to price. And even though um, you try your best, uh, since you take a percentage of each transaction that goes through a retailer's platform, if the percentage that you take is higher than the retailer's margin, there's not much you can do. They're going to go to the competition that's cheaper. Mm. So, um, so it's not very interesting from a human, um, you know, point of view in terms of for a salesperson. Mm. I love it, and I can I can definitely relate. I think when I was at my first startup, Zora, uh, the way that we were trained as SDRs is that we had to sell to the five people in the room. So it was like the CEO, the CFO, CTO, CIO, and CMO. Um, and product guys as well. So I had to learn very quickly that they all have different departments, they have different wants, they have different st strategies. And it was a case of we needed to be able to have different conversations throughout the sales cycle with these different departments, learn how they work, and then try to demonstrate why our solution, which was very expensive compared to the competition, yeah. as to why it's going to bring them all together. And I think the thing that I could take away, and I don't know if you agree, is it was more challenging, but it was so much more rewarding when something came into fruition through it those is, sort yeah. of discussions. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, uh, I know that you're a very strategic person. It's not just a, a one outbound email or a couple and then book the meeting and demo, it's closed. It could take six to nine months. I think my longest outbound play took me three years because yeah. uh, it, it took so long. But it, when it did come in, it came in at a high value and I was super excited and uh, proud of it. But um, definitely, I, I think enterprise sales is definitely a good step for people to get into. But I think that experience of learning, like you say, a fast-paced product where it may be more less decision makers, less uh, of a process, 
it gave you a good footing and now you're in somewhere where you well you have to be strategic and enterprise yeah it teaches you the basics like the base of you know uh, the sdr job what to do how the process the process is the same everywhere so (laughs) it's it's um yeah Love it. Um, and as you said, uh, you came into Confluent, you were doing like a, an inbound role for the first year where you were contacting like the marketing qualified leads, making sure they were all touched. And then you moved out into an outbound position that you've been doing for a while. Um, a lot of the SDRs that we speak to, they are predominantly outbound SDRs, but I think some of the listeners and viewers may also be new to inbound. Being the ex-marketer that you are and doing that inbound role, what kind of tips would you give for like being an inbound SDR? Being an inbound SDR is completely different from being outbound. Um, so when you're inbound, you're more reactive, uh, whereas you're more proactive when you're outbound. So as an inbound rep, you have the, the leads coming to you. Um, and I don't know, it depends on the company, but we had such a huge amount that for us, the challenge was to understand which one of those should we spend time on, which one of those are actually good leads that have potential uh, to buy. So that was the hard thing. But um as an inbound rep, I think the key thing is to have a strong process and to, uh, you know, you have leads coming in, you need to contact them very in a very timely manner. You need to sequence them, you need to call them, you need to make sure that you have a proper sequences in place for contacting all those leads and that you don't miss any step and that you don't miss any lead. And, um, and you also can be proactive on the side. So uh, on, on, on my side, for example, what I was allowed to do was Outbound, inbound prospecting. So, for example, if you have an inbound lead coming from a company, you might be able to understand if it's a good company, you might try and see if there's other people in that company that you can go after or uh, doing campaigns to revive previous inbound leads from the previous year or from previous events or something like that. But the key difference is just that it's more of a, it's more of a reactive job. Um, and that you'll have more calls as well. The goal is to have calls. You have more calls when you're inbound because a lot of inbounds might want to just take a call with you because they've downloaded something. So there is some interest there. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a being a bit more tough as well on qualification um, than if you're outbound. Agreed. And I love that piece that you said there. So um, that's something I used to do as an SDR where an inbound lead would come in the first thing I would do is obviously send them an email within the first five to 10 minutes of them, you know, requesting content from our site. But then I'd search my CRM to see, do we have any other leads from that company? Yeah. And then I would convert that into an account. I would add as many people. I'd send them outbound emails. So it's kind of like a hybrid role of doing inbound and outbound at the same time. Yeah. Um, and a question I'd love to ask you, because I saw this on LinkedIn the other day where somebody says, oh, when an inbound lead comes in, like how soon should we contact them because you know uh, we have leads that come through to our website they've downloaded an ebook or a white paper then they get the SDR reaching out and say hey Olivia I see that you've recently been on a website and you downloaded this is there anything I can do to help you and sometimes I've heard SDR saying well they've only downloaded an ebook or you know what I don't think I need to reach out to them now but when you reached out to somebody who had downloaded content what was the way that you went into that email or kind of call from an inbound perspective? Uh, first of all, I want to say that I wouldn't really retract from sending something to someone straight away. They've downloaded something, so they're, it's more likely that it's on their mind and they're more likely to answer. So I would do it as fast as possible. I think we had some um, numbers internally that we that we found that uh, the response rate is much higher if you schedule uh, the leads within 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. versus if you wait for one hour. So we definitely have to be very timely on that. And... Um, for sure that 
it's true that you know they might just downloaded an ebook like I would download something just out of interest but I'm like I really believe that SDRs we're not just there just to book meetings uh, for us you know we're here to help to help the company to drive awareness on the product and um and also someone that downloads something out of interest today might change company in two months and and work on a project so you always need to be nice and like and send people emails and just like in a nice way you don't have to be salesy at all but just saying something like hi john um just so that you downloaded our ebook uh, on, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, thanks so much for for your interest. Uh, I'm part of the user success team here, um, and uh, just want to understand a bit more about what you're c- working on. Try to understand if there's anything that we can do to support you. Um, would you have five minutes for a chat over the next few days? Or you can formulate it in any way, but. Uh, I wouldn't sound salesy. I would keep it very short, but I would still uh, send something out so that at least later, if the, if that person has questions, they can come back to you. 100%. And I think uh, from the show transcript we'll get, guys, you've got Olivia's template there of how to respond <laughs> to your inbound uh, leads. And I think that's beautiful. I love it. Like you said, you don't want to come across too salesy, but you want to kind of be uh, that person at the front door that if they want to come into the shop and they want to ask any questions, they have your details. And the technique that I used to use um, with inbound SDRs would be like, hi, Olivia, I see that you've recently come through to our website, you've downloaded our content. People that I normally speak to fit into two buckets. A, they're just researching and they're trying to get understanding of how we could potentially help, or they're actually looking for something to help them with a certain project. I just wanted to know, Olivia, which bucket do you fall into? And here I could understand, okay, what am I going to prioritize? A, for the people that are just researching, I'd put them on a nurture campaign. Or B, if they were looking for something, my follow-up would be, okay, well, here's my calendar. Let's book in a time. Yeah, that's a very Um, good point. Yeah. And it did help a hell of a lot because I think sometimes we're like, do they want to talk to us? Do they want to have a meeting? I don't know. They're just researching and we can overthink it. So I think let's help out the prospect by asking them which path they're on. Very good Um, idea. Thank you. And uh, moving into the outbound role. So I know you're a person of strategy. Uh, and you like to do things strategically, like explain to us, like what's Olivia out, out your outbound strategy? How did you work as an outbound SDR? Uh, well, I I work very strategically with the salespeople that uh, that I uh, that I you know that I'm assigned to. Then um, what I can do, if you want, is I can give you some like key takeaway tips or, or something like that from uh, from this year as outbound. Uh, yeah. So basically what, what I realized is that like as you are in essence, it's not a very complicated job uh, in terms of what we have to do because we just have to book meetings and qualify meetings. Um, like qualification might be a bit more more tricky, but anyway, booking meetings, it's a very simple, it's, it's a very simple act, but then it's just a how how to do it, that's a bit more tricky, I would say. And what I found when I look back at my year in Outbound is that it's just about uh, doing the basics, right? And it's not nothing crazy. It's nothing out of the box. It's not reinventing the wheel at all. But basically what I mean by basics is um, what you have to do is constant prospecting. As an Outbound, you have no one really behind you that's telling you what to do. You're a bit like, I don't know if uh, people listening have done the SDR role or not, or if you're thinking of joining, but basically you're, you're a bit like 
autonomous. So you don't really have anyone to tell you what to do every day. Uh, mm. So you're very free, which for me, I personally love. I love the freedom of doing what I want to do every day and doing in setting up my own schedule and calendar. But it's up to you to stand up and, you know, to, to be proactive and to do a lot of activity every day, contact a lot of new companies every day. And when I say constant prospecting, it's basically I need adding new prospects into your cadences every day. So it's not just following up on the people that you've been speaking to, but it's also making sure that you add new fresh contacts every day um, into the, the, the sequences that you're writing. Um, I would emphasize great messaging. Uh, that's a key thing for, for being successful as an SDR. So, and for me, that's a very interesting piece. It's really trying to understand your product understand your customer and trying to phrase or position your product or uh, what you're trying to sell um, based on um, your client's interest. You know, like what are their strategic initiatives? What keeps them up at night? What do they want to hear about? So it's really researching and it can take a a long time, but once you get the hang of it after it it gets quicker, but that's very important. Um, And the right people. So doing proper research on sending the mes- the right message to the right people. So you can have amazing messaging, but if you send it out to the, to the wrong people, then it just mm. doesn't really make sense. So I would really say that's a, that's key. And one th- more thing is really building very good relationships with the salespeople that you're working with as, um, as an SDR. So I've built amazing relationships with my AEs and now we're almost friends. And, you know, I know that as I go into sales, I'll, I'll still be in touch and I can ask them for, for tips uh, in my ne- next sales role because I know I'll, I'll have things that I don't know and I need training on. And so it's always nice to know that the AEs that you've been working with for a long time will help you in your next step. Mm. And that doesn't come with not like with it comes with hard work and with providing them with good meetings and you know helping them build pipeline but uh, but it's it's really fundamental I would say and they can also help you out if you're struggling to meet targets here and there <laughs> uh, so it's very good to have a, a good relationship with them I would say très bien I love it um, and I think you said like a, a very important piece is like uh, as this outbound SDR. You have to be, like you said, autonomous. You have to be self-sufficient. There isn't going to be somebody that will say, right, Olivia, you need to go do this. You kind of got to figure it out. And I love that freedom as well because I used to say to SDRs, like, you are like the CEO of your own territory and patch. Like, exactly. here's your opportunity to create a business plan, a strategy, kind of sit down with your AE, like, plan these accounts and see how it's going to go. You're going to test. You're going to try. You're going to fail. You're going to reiterate and try it again. Um, I think, yeah, you constantly have to be prospecting, even though, like I said, I'm not an SDR. I still have to keep prospecting for my business, for for guests, for this show. I have to use my SDR techniques there. Um, and as you say, like, as you're progressing into the next role, um, learning from your A's, so building that relationship, like you said, you're almost like friends now, so that when you transition, you know that you've got people to call on to help you out because you've still got things to learn. Like We, ne- we, we never stop learning. Um, and that brings me on to like the good news as well. So you mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is the last day of something and you're about to transition into something new. What, what is the big news, Olivia? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, moving to sales in, in January. Woohoo! Uh, so congratulations. And so obviously, like you said at the beginning, you were working in the marketing piece. You wanted to go into account management maybe, but now you're progressing into this sales role because you didn't know then, but now you do know where you want to go. What was that deciding factor for you to progress into the sales role, Olivia? 
Actually, I really took some time to think about it because I, at some point, you know, I, I just wasn't sure. And I think it's okay to, to not know. Um, but, uh, what, what helped me realize, so I sat down with, uh, with some of my colleagues in the account, uh, account team. I sat down with sales. I talked with different people. I asked people's advice. And what I realized is, Basically, you know, uh, I'm in a mindset. First of all, I'm very competitive. So that's one thing. And also, I just realized that, uh, for example, if I were to um, be given an account to, as an account manager and uh, I uncover an opportunity or potential for selling, you know, for an upsell or something like that, and I have to give this away to the salesperson, I would just be so upset <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um so, um, so that's one thing, like I was like, okay, well, if I'm reacting this way, it surely means that, you know, I should, uh, I should be sales. And what I enjoy most is also like selling the value proposition and, um, and that the overall big picture that you're selling as a, as a salesperson when it's strategic sales, rather than being involved in the day-to-day, -day, uh, management of an account. Um, so I realized that and that really helped me out. But I think for anyone that want that, that is hesitating, you really have to talk around you and ask a lot of people and, and shadow calls of account managers, of, of salespeople, and just like try to be in their, sh imagine you're in their shoes and, and tr try to think, um, you know, in which shoes you would be, you would want to be, uh, yourself. That's great advice. And I think like you said, um, you didn't really know where, um, but you took the time to do your due diligence. You sat down with people, you saw the different departments, you saw emotionally how you felt about it. And that kind of helped you make the decision of where you want to move forward. And again, congratulations on taking that sales role. Uh, but obviously, that probably wasn't like an overnight decision or thought process. Like, How long did it take you to come to that conclusion? Uh, probably from February, like three, three months, something like that. Uh, one piece of advice also that was given by uh, one of these in your leadership team in EMEA in Confluent was that, um, it's also easier to move from a sales role to account management role than it is from an account management role to sales. So it's easier to go into sales. And if you realize it's not ready for you, you can move into account management. The other way around is a bit more tricky. So <laughs> agreed. And I did exactly that. I always wanted to be in sales. I got into sales and I realized I don't want to be in sales, but I still love uh, customers and relationships. So I did make that transition into customer yeah, exactly. success. I was, I was so much more happier there. Um, but like you said, it's, it's not a bad thing not to always know where you want to go. But as long as you explore those sort of areas, have those conversations, I think, like you said, it can help you come to a conclusion in three months. That's like a quarter. That's a good time to kind of mull these things over. So again, well done for doing that. Um, so as we're coming towards the the end of the show, uh, you've given a lot of a hell of a lot of good takeaways. But for somebody uh, maybe who's about to embark on this journey or think about entering the world of sales development, what three tips would you give to a younger version of yourself, Olivia? I think, you know, um, you just have to, to think whether it's a job for you. Um, I don't think everyone likes the SDR job. I personally, like, I love it myself, but I don't think it's a job for everyone. Um, and the truth is you do get a lot of rejection. Uh, it's not easy every day because, um, because you know, like, you, you do the... Sometimes you just do the same thing over and over again. Like every job, it is repetitive. But 
but you have, you know, like the target for meetings, you have uh, some pressure from your manager, you have uh, the repetitive tasks. So um, you just have to be someone that's quite, I would say, positive. Um, and that is very determined and has some grit so that you don't uh, let yourself down after if you get like three days of rejections because that happens. So just really try to to think this way um, if um, if uh, if that's a job for you or not. Uh, then if you think it is for me, like my my key tip is just consistency Um because that's the, one of the hardest thing to do, but it's one of the most important once you're in the SDR job is try to be consistent on um, on doing the basics right. And and really, it's not that all complicated. Like if you feel lost or you don't really know, oh God, there's so much to do. What should mm-hmm. I do? Like it's not a complicated job and our job is just to contact the right people, sending them the right message and doing this consistently. Um, and and like, if you remember this to yourself, if you don't really know what to do, I find like it's a good anchor. Um, and uh, the last thing that's more related to planning, I think that's something that I managed to do quite well over the past two years is to have a very strong process and planning uh, for my week and for my, my targets. So to try and um, achieve targets on a regular basis every quarter, I would really try to, uh, so that it's less overwhelming, bring it down. Uh, so if you have, for example, a quarterly target, think, uh, especially if you're starting and you know it's a bit overwhelming, think, mm-hmm. okay, um, I have this quarterly target. How many meetings do I need uh, per month? How many meetings do I need per week? How many meetings do I need per day? And for how many, for those meetings per day on average, like, okay, so how many um, emails do I need to send? How many calls do I need to make? And then if you kind of keep yourself accountable, for example, for 50 new uh, emails out every day and uh, like 15, 20 calls every day or something like that, and you keep this consistently, even though you don't get results on some days, overall, it should uh, come down. You should get the results. Like there's no real... It's not difficult. You put in the activity, you'll get the results if, if you get the, you know, the, the right messaging and the right people. But, um, but I guarantee you that if you put the activity, you get the results. <laughs> 100% agree. And I, I love it. It's that whole reverse engineering of just stop looking at the bigger number, but break it down, like you said, by the weeks, by the days and how many activities you should do. Yeah. And I'd always say to like when I was an SDR manager, I said, look, if I see uh, a lot of activity, but you're low on the target, it shows that you're at least trying. And if I see that you're at towards target and less activity, then I'm not worried because, you know, you're going to hit your number. But if I see not much activity, not much target, then we have a problem and let's sit down to discuss it. Uh, yeah. But those are some great bits of advice. And I can only assume, Olivia, that uh, when you get your SDR, uh, that's the sort of advice that you're going to be able to give them, right? For sure, yeah. And uh, and just on the last point, in terms of the the planning. Uh, so, for example, one of the tips that I could give you is to really, um, like, I, I always taught myself, okay, I considered my monthly target, even though officially I'm targeted quarterly, I never allowed myself to go to be above the, to be below, sorry, the monthly target or to Mm. think, for example, oh, I'm taking two weeks uh, now off. Well, it's okay, you know, I'll just make up for it next month. I'm always Mm. in the mindset that I'd rather front load and then, you know, be a bit more relaxed or plan and have more meetings for the next quarter rather Mm. than be behind. So just always try to be ahead uh, and and not behind so that you can either relax 
Or my, what I was doing that worked quite well uh, in the long run is you basically try to achieve quarterly target by uh, the last two weeks of be, before the end of the quarter. And then you have two weeks to chill a bit, relax, but you can also um, plan and, and set some meetings for the next quarter so that you start the next quarter with already some meetings and it takes the pressure a bit off than the zero, big zero on the dashboard. <laughs> that yeah, everyone like, knows <laughs> <laughs> totally agree and yeah. i love that it's like um uh, like you say like what i would say to sdrs is like in the first two weeks like build out those those, those activities for that month to try and hit that number and in the last two weeks of the month i'm thinking about the following month exactly already. yeah like you're, you're it's all about so planning it is always be planning always be building always be prospecting and that will leave you in a safe place but um great bits of advice and do you have any shout outs that you'd like to give on the show today uh, I mean, there are so many, <laughs> but uh, maybe a couple. So uh, shout out to James, uh, my previous manager, to Willie, my manager um, at Confluent. That's absolutely amazing as well. So I've been very lucky to have two amazing managers. And to my dad, uh, who is sales as well, um, and who's taught me a lot and always, uh, you know, read some of my emails when I wasn't sure whether it was a good email. So uh, shout out to <laughs> him as well. <laughs> I absolutely love it. There's a lot. There's a lot of guests that we've had that have had family in sales, and they're able to bounce off ideas. And it's great that um, you're able to do that as well. Yeah. Well, Olivia, like again, uh, congratulations on like uh, graduating from the SDR role. We wish you all the best luck uh, in the new role. But as you're going to be in the A role, we don't know if we can have you back. But maybe <laughs> in the future, uh, a cool idea is when maybe you get that SDR, we bring you and that SDR onto the show for like a bit of a dynamic duo to see okay, uh, <laughs> uh, how good of a teacher is Olivia. And I'd be, I'm sure it'd be absolutely amazing. So let us know how it goes, but we'd be watching you. And if there are any people out there that would love to get in contact with you, just to ask you questions about the SDR role, etc., what's the best way to get in touch with yourself, Olivia? I mean, the best way is just uh, send me a LinkedIn invite with a note and, uh, and uh, we can chat. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, Olivia, I, uh, again, like we're in December 2020. Uh, if we don't speak to you before then, I wish you a happy Christmas, a happy new year, and most importantly, happy selling. Thank you, Neil. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.